0: Hi Sue Haley. Hi Renee. You ready to do our new disclaimer? Yeah. Um
1: What the fuck is it?
0: Be ready to be offended, I think. <laughs> <laughs> disclaimer, you will be offended. <laughs> right? Is I, that what I, we said? I guess. I don't know anymore. Oh, we'll figure it out. This is only episode number eight. Um, are you ready to squeeze the juice? I'm ready to squeeze something. Oh and this f- fucking
1: episode those are angry eyes
0: <laughs> behind <Wow>. my
1: glasses <laughs> listen get all the get all the laughs out now because oh my god when i tell you that it took me over a month to write this episode it's saying a lot <sighs> okay.
0: get it out I'm not laughing because I have the those ends, angry eyes that at the scare ends, me.
1: I'm gonna need an exorcism is what I'm telling you. I don't even have a cross. Well, we're gonna need something. Cause I know by the end of this episode I'm, I'm gonna be in a soapbox somewhere. <laughs> Ew, the power of Christ compels me? What are we doing?
0: <laughs> I made a cross with my fingers.
1: All right, here we go. All right, what are we talking about? Today we're talking about this Anna Maria Cordona. <laughs> I don't even want to call her names. You figure it out by yourself. Okay. Wow. Okay. Have you heard of Ana Maria Cardona? No. Listen, we all know that English is not my first language. And by the end of this, I might be talking backwards because I'm. it's just okay. infuriating. As long as it's backwards in English so I can understand it. <laughs> Thank you. While you No, you're I don't do
0: the Espanol. <laughs> <laughs> the Espanol. The Espanol? The <laughs> Espanol. All right, here we go. It looked like somebody was coming up to me at the airport the other day and I was so ready to go, no hablo. <laughs> and just keep walking. You're just ready? Just ready just when someone's asking getting you that? Prepared. No hablo. I was in Atlanta, so I figured, you know, it's somebody. not like Florida <laughs> where half the people speak Spanish anyway. So I'm in Atlanta. I'm like, if this guy walks up, I'm just going to no hablo and keep going. No hablo and just keep walking. Meanwhile, he was looking at somebody behind me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she didn't ablo either, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they knew each other.
0: <laughs> All right, sorry for interrupting. Tell me about Cordova. Anna Maria
1: Cordona. dona Ugh. On the morning of November second, nineteen ninety, employees for the Florida Power and Light Company discovered a dead body in front of a beach property in Miami Beach. Listen, I have issues with Miami. Mm-hmm. I have been stuck there for weeks with the exception of Christine Falling. I have been there for weeks now. Okay. She he, The body was hidden behind some bushes. The boy was so emaciated that he appeared skeletal with a bruised right eye. He wore blue gym shorts over a soiled diaper wrapped multiple times with brown packing tape. At the time of his murder, his weight was 18 pounds. Half the weight of a healthy child his age. The T-shirt he was wearing caused the Miami Beach Police Department to name him Baby Lollipops, and he remained unidentified for weeks after his discovery.
0: How old was he?
1: I'm going to get there. The Miami Beach Police Department hosted a media conference with multiple detectives handling the murder case. They also conducted door-to-door interviews in both English and Spanish to obtain more information about the boy. They received numerous leads and were eventually able to identify the baby boy as Lazario Figueroa. But four weeks before they were able to identify him, local channels aired specials to urge parents to teach children about stranger danger, reminding them of children kidnappings in department stores and supermarkets. They also aired the story and reminded people about Adam Walsh and his kidnapping, which occurred July 27, 1981, from a Sears department store in Hollywood, Florida. His severed head was discovered two weeks later, on August 10, 1981, in a drainage ditch. The rest of his body was never recovered, and his head itself was kept in the morgue until the case was closed in 2008. Of course, Adam Walsh is the son of John Walsh, the host and creator of America's Most Wanted, and the reason why they have code Adams in stores. Mm-hmm. Whoever I
0: started doing that case, and then I stopped.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I might let you take that one, because after I was done with this one, I just could not.
0: This one is, though, you're doing another baby murder. I know. I can't. Whoever.
1: I'm not listening There's anyone. a pattern. You're leaving? I'm done. Well, Bye. you're going to have to listen to it eventually. you got to edit it. Shit. Whoever had killed this baby had to be a monster. Lasario was born September 18th, 1987 to Ana Maria Cordona and Fidel Figueroa. Cordona also had two other children. Fidel, the father, was a well-known drug dealer and died under mysterious circumstances on September 20th, 1987, so two days after the baby was born. That crime remains unsolved, so if you're doing the math, Young Lesario was three years old.
0: So she killed her husband and her baby. Well, that I'm one. I'm putting himself. all the pieces. Oh, you're you putting it all said yet together? Because you said this bitch. Well, you had the this bitch eyes when you said her name. <laughs> so she did it.
1: Well, his the father's crime was never solved. And remember, I said he was a drug dealer So uh, Who knows who took she him? She did out. it. Okay. <laughs>
0: Two, okay, days, two days after giving birth. <laughs> yeah, she hopped right off that <laughs> bed. Already you are not helping enough. <laughs> Goodbye.
1: <laughs> you suck at this. Whew, here we go. Mm-hmm. On October 31st, 1990, Ana Maria Cordona split Lasario's head open with the baseball bat. And when the child would not stop screaming, she beat him to death. Cordona and Olivia Gonzalez-Mendoza dumped the body in the Miami Beach neighborhood and fled to Orlando making a fucking stop at Disney, eventually being arrested on December the 6th, 1990 in St. Cloud.
0: I'm sorry, who was in the... Were the other kids in the car?
1: Like, why did she go to Disney? Yes, the kids were in the car. That's... I don't... And look at the the time frame that I've already told you. So his body was discovered November the 2nd. The crime occurred on Halloween. And they weren't captured until December the 6th in St. Cloud. So, we're talking about over a month. So, a little bit more about this human waste. And I actually titled this paragraph A Little Bit More About This Human Waste. I'm well, pretty I'm, good at my titles here.
0: I'm, I'm so, I know I'm being quiet, but describe my face like it's green. I don't, I don't, I know, wanna I know continue. you want to throw up. So, it's greener you might more than take, your hair.
1: I know. Well, take a drink out of your Gatorade to calm down. Nausea. Gatorade, please sponsor us. I'm <laughs> running out. Ana Maria Cordona was born in Havana, Cuba, to a poor single mother whom she says was very abusive. Before her arrival in Miami, Cordona had a difficult life under the Castro regime. Sexually assaulted when she was 10. She had attempted suicide several times as a teen and by 16 was using drugs, drinking, and having sex on the streets. Now, I don't know if they meant like literally on the streets. Usually sex on the streets means okay, well, well. sex work. I, but they didn't say sex work. It said sex on the streets. It was Mardi Gras. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, they're in Cuba. My whole family died in Cuba, she wrote in 2015. All I have left is God and my children. She came to the U.S. in 1980 under the Morel boatlift, Alone and pregnant, she was 19 and supported herself with, as you called it, sex work. Cordona lived on the streets for some time, had two children, and then met Fidel Figueroa. Fidel was a successful drug trafficker in Miami, and soon Cordona started using cocaine. Before she knew it, she was addicted. Fidel made enough money to support Cardona and her children, and the family was well-lived. After years of poverty and struggle, Fidel's drug money pivoted and provided a life she never imagined. A maid, a penthouse apartment, expensive cars. In 1985, she had another child, a girl. And then she got pregnant with Lasadio. Fidel was gunned down in August 1987, and Lasadio was born a month later. Fidel left a $100,000 estate, which Cordona quickly squandered on drugs, alcohol, and parties. During this time, her children sometimes lived with babysitters, whom Cordona left for weeks at a time, sometimes months at a time. They were removed by social services for a while until they could determine that Cordona could care for them herself.
0: So maybe all of it is
1: because she was in mourning over her husband's death and didn't know how to deal with it. Well, we're going to get into that because there's going to be a lot of factors at the end and just like your case from, you know, last week when, you know, when you start weighing out his life And his upbringing, the age at which he was when he shot the cop, Mm -hmm. you know, when you put all those factors in play, you know, it's the same thing with this case, but it's still effing infuriating, Mm -hmm. and you'll understand why in a little bit. Cordona, who was 29 after Fidel died, met Olivia Gonzalez Mendoza, who was 24, in a nightclub in Miami Beach in March 1989. Cordona was an attractive and confident woman who partied too much, drank too much, and used cocaine. Gonzalez was smitten. That's literally how the article put it. That's not even my vernacular. (laughs) Because I don't even think I've ever said the word smitten in my life. (laughs) I need you to start saying it now. I'm going to use it all the time. Thanks. The two began a relationship. Eventually, after the money was spent and the cars were gone... Ordoña was evicted from her luxury apartment and found herself on the streets again. Except this time, she had three out of her four children in tow. I have read for almost two months on this case. I mean, I had to put it away sometimes out of anger. But nothing ever talks about that child born between uh, the last daughter and Lasadio. It is so weird. Like, just gone. Is it
0: one of the things maybe where some of the sources are quoting the wrong number?
1: I, I mean, all the sources were quoting four kids, but none of them ever talked about the one daughter. So it the order of her births were boy, girl, girl, boy, and no one ever talks about that third kid. Child number three. Well, it was child three. number three, just completely wipe off the map. I don't know. That's weird. Lasario was 18 months old. The other two children were Juan Puente, Puente, which is 10. And Tammy Cardona, who was five, again, did not mention that third kid. It's hard, Cardona said in 2015. You find yourself on the streets with little children like I did, and not a single person extends a hand. With no other place to turn, Cardona and her children moved in with Gonzalez. While Gonzalez was at work, she was at home with the kids. When the other two older children were in school, Lasario was home alone with his mother. Physical injuries and the autopsy. no. Yes. Can we skip this part? Nope. Because I, if I had to deal, everyone has it's to a deal. a baby. I understand that. But that's, when I get to the end of this episode. Dealer, some people can turn off their
0: radios. Some
1: people could just or yeet themselves phones. out of the car yes, if they, they want. Can't.
0: Just not, don't reach over and hit the off button. No. Just, just fucking open the door and, and just jump yeet, from just the vehicle. Eat yeet
1: yourself right out of the moving vehicle. Don't
0: even bother, like, maybe throwing your phone out the window. Like, a lesson. <laughs> nope. nope. Jump out of your fucking car right now if you don't want to hear about a baby autopsy. Can I jump out of, look, there's a window you right know what? here. It's okay. You don't have to listen to it now, but you're going to have to hear it when you edit it. No, I'm just going to plug my ears now and editing and just come back in at some point and Thanks. hope you did well and didn't need me to edit it.
1: <laughs> Good Lord. Medical examiner, Dr. Bruce Hyma. And I had to say that a couple of times because I wanted to keep saying Bruce Hyman. I don't know why.
0: <laughs> my grandpa's name was Hyman.
1: Okay. <laughs> Hi, grandpa. Medical examiner Dr. Bruce Hyma testified to the following in his autopsy report, which revealed Lazario had a fresh tear to the corpus callosum as a result of a head injury that occurred hours to days before he died. Mm. So, since we're all surgeons, we all know what the corpus callosum is.
0: I do. It is
1: a large bundle of more than 200 million nerve fibers that connect the two brain hemispheres. It permits communication between the left and the right sides of the brain. The police concluded that he died from a fractured skull, later known as a result of a baseball bat blow. He was also starved, beaten, bitten, burned with a cigarette on his left cheek, broken teeth, broken bones. The little boy's labial frenulum was torn to the point where his lips were detached so just like what it sounds, the labial frenum is the little piece that connects your gums to your lips and bed sores from being bound to a mattress for extended periods of time. His diaper was caked with excrement and attached to his body with brown packaging tape, and the bone to the left the bone of his left arm was permanently fixed at a 90 degree angle and his right leg was smaller than his left. His belly was sunken and the bones of his pelvis and individual ribs stuck out. His left arm, the one that I mentioned, was at a 90-degree angle, had been broken for a multiple number of months and was so severe that rather than healing, the nerves had died and the muscle calcified into the bone. A painful process, which obviously lasted for months. Another examiner stated he looked like he had just come from Auschwitz. Auschwitz. You could say that
0: you're Jaime went there. Actually, I think that was the one he didn't go to. Um, did they say why his leg was smaller than the other? Was that it's like malnutrition? That's weird with the
1: legs. That I read so many reports and not. there's only three that mentioned that leg,
0: uh-huh. but
1: none of them mentioned why. Like yeah. I found only one that actually told me why the arm was permanently bent in that 90 yeah. degree angle, but nothing about the leg. I mean, it also says, it says, weighing only 18 pounds at the time of his death, Lasario was starved, malnourished, anemic. He had untreated meningitis and dehydrated. The majority of his bones bore bruises and scars that were the result of long-standing injuries from the months preceding his death. Evidence presented at the trials demonstrated that Lasario's experienced 18 months of severe torture, pain, and abuse while he was alive. Remember, I said he was three years old. That means that he suffered this torture for half of his life. They stated he was dying from the extreme abuse and neglect he suffered at the hands of these pieces of trash, even before he was fatally beaten on that Halloween day. The doctor himself said he was slowly already dying.
0: Wait, so she was living with Olivia at this point?
1: Yes. So, uh, you know, at some point they met at a club.
0: Yeah. They were
1: living in her penthouse, living it up. When they went through all the money, you know, they ended up all having to move in with Olivia at her place.
0: So I know you're going to get to whether or not Olivia was a part of it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Fuck me. I I don't like it. I know. I'm trying to focus, like, I asked the question about the leg being smaller, because I'm like, that's something I know. that I can, something like, tangible. picture I know. might be it, because I, I don't want to think about the rest. This I is think awful. When I
1: was reading the story, what's also fear reading is, anyone who knows me knows, you know, Halloween is my favorite holiday. Mm-hmm. So, remember, he had older siblings. Mm-hmm. So, in one of the articles that I read, it talks about how um, Olivia had taken the older kids trick-or-treating, but Lasali wasn't allowed to go.
0: Well, no, because then witnesses would look at the boy and see
1: him. So can you imagine as a three-year-old boy, you're watching your siblings live in this life and you're getting the complete opposite of it. I know. You know what I mean? So on Valentine's Day, February 14th, 1992, you know what says I love you?
0: I don't, I don't want to know what says I love you in this When family. Olivia
1: Gonzalez Mar- uh, Mendoza changes her previously entered non-guilty plea to guilty in exchange for a reduced charge of aggravated child abuse and second-degree murder in exchange for a light of 40-year sentence, while admitting she played a role in her girlfriend's abuse of Lasario, she was able to lay the majority of the blame on Cardona for Lasario's eventual death. She was not only the key state witness, but the only witness... Escalating the abuse that the state claimed against Cardona.
0: You just jumped from this
1: kid getting abused to her being in jail. Because, well, I had to, her, she pleads out from the very beginning. Like once the evidence is mounting, the last thing I said was that he was being tortured for the, yeah. the whole 18 months, right? So then when they, remember I told the story in the beginning. Mm-hmm. They got caught in St. Cloud. They get arrested. Yeah. She pleads out. Within within months, so the case when they when did I say December? So within a year and a half, she plays the fuck out. She's out of there, and so I'll say this sentence. I'll read it over again because what's aggravating in this shit is that they she is the only witness against uh, Anna Maria. So here's my fucking thing: if you and I are together and we're with my fucking kids and my youngest is fucking found dead. Aren't we both guilty of that shit? Not only that, but living together for that long with a
0: kid, like, there's no way she didn't... Mm-hmm. Like, you, you can't not see a three-year-old in your house with his arm bent backwards for so long it's stuck in that position. So how the fuck are you not as guilty as me? Granted. So no. the
1: argument back and forth was who
0: did the final blow? I'd even argue this mother raised two other kids without beating them, so maybe it was
1: even all Olivia. <laughs> See? And that's why you should have been an attorney. So, I'm going to read that sentence over, get that paragraph over again. Wow. On February 14th, 1992, Olivia Gonzalez Mendoza changed her previously entered not guilty pleas to guilty in exchange for a reduced charge of aggravated child abuse and second-degree murder in exchange for a lighter 40-year sentence. While admitting she played a role in her girlfriend's abuse of Lasario, she was able to lay the majority of the blame on Cardona for Lasario's eventual death. She was not only the key state witness, but the only witness to the escalating abuse the state claimed Cardona committed against the child.
0: How old was she here?
1: Um, I gotta do the math.
0: Well, forty years. I'm so not good not a at mathing. Oh don't worry. You're about to get even more aggravated. Oh she could tell before the forty well, years.
1: Yeah. She testified that they had the children move from place to place, from one apartment to the next, from motel to rooms to friends' houses to trailers and back. In each of the spots, she said Lasadio was always either locked in the bedroom, bathroom, closet, or trapped down strapped down to the bed. If he moved, disobeyed, or cried, his mother would beat and choke him. He was barely ever fed or bathed or changed. They used packing tape to keep his diaper on for days at a time and to hold in the waste. She also testified that Cardona tortured her own son and claimed that she was in better spirits when she was using drugs. When she wasn't high, the abuse got worse. On the stands, Gonzalez said that Cardona had given Lasario cocaine and sprayed him with insecticide for her own amusement. She enjoyed watching him convulse, Gonzalez said. She admitted that she felt guilty for letting it happen, but she was afraid because Cardona had stabbed her in the hands during one of their fights. So pull the fuck over if you haven't already. So
0: I'm interrupting again. She brought the child into other friends' homes during all this, too? Yeah, because they were moving from place to place. How did those people not get fucking arrested for not reporting it?
1: You're taking my soapbox away from me. I'm sorry. Please let me own this. (laughs) Only one of us is allowed to be pissed. No. (laughs) So, if you're still here, if you're driving, pull the fuck over. If If you you haven't jumped the fuck out of your car... If you're driving a Chevy Expedition, a Chevy Explorer, pull
0: it the fuck over. Or a Chevy Nova like in my last
1: Oh, Nova. Pull over and get ready to be fucking pissed off. More pissed off? She was released on January 1st, 2008. That's right. This piece of twat waffle cuntasaurus ass clown douche canoe only served 15 of 40 years. Why? Good behavior,
0: time served, all that the above. Stupid fucking thing, like my first case where you could
1: like do all this shit in prison exactly. and then go home. Mm-hmm. Great. So now we're ready for the the trials of Ana Maria Cardona. Trial number one. Despite claims by neighbors and other individuals that Cardona was abusive towards Osario, she constantly denied it. One after another, friends, neighbors, and landlord testified backing up Gonzalez's story. Lorenzo Pons, who had allowed them to live in his trailer, told the court he saw Cardona beat Lasario with a shoe, that, she, that he was kept locked in the bedroom or strapped to a bed while the other children were allowed to roam and freely play outside. Sandra Ruggles, who worked at one of the hotels where they stayed, testified that she saw Cardona beat and drag Lasario by his left arm on more than one occasion. You know, the same arm that I said was so bradly broken, it was infused at a 90 degree angle. Mm -hmm. Carla Ventrano, who lived at the same hotel as them for a time, described how Lasario was kept strapped to the bed, how his mother punched him and pulled his hair all the time.
0: Okay, that's the worst. No. No no no. I mean, out of all the witnesses, like, sure she shouldn't have had him struck to a bit, like one saw the shit but but saw her punch a baby mm-hmm.
1: and still didn't fucking report nope. her. None of them did.
0: I'm all of them can go to
1: jail. Well, I'm gonna go to hell at this point. I know, I said okay. the nice word. I know you did. Her main defense was that it was Gonzalez who had beaten Osadio and delivered the final blow with the baseball bat. It should be noted that it is not the story she provided police when she was originally arrested. She stated the baby had fallen out of his crib, and when asked why, it was, why the baby was left in the Miami Beach neighborhood in the bushes, she stated she hoped that a new family with money could attend to his needs as she couldn't. Bullshit. I know, because remember, they still went to Disney. Cardona attested that she wanted to escape the pain of her son's horrible beatings At her girlfriend's hands and so sank into cocaine used to cope to support claims on the influence of her past in the case her defense presented the court with evidence pertaining to her unsettled cuban upbringing and the psychological devastation caused by the death of lazario's father according to prosecutor reed rubin however cardona was angry and spiteful from the death of her wealthy husband as she had lost a luxurious lifestyle Her entire defense was built on Gonzalez being the perpetrator. Throughout the trial, Cardona labeled Gonzalez as a murderer and as a monster who forced her to succumb to a sexual relationship with her in exchange for food and shelter for herself and her children. Defense attorney Stephen Yermish remarked she was in an abusive relationship she viewed as inescapable because she was being provided for. Judge David L. Tobin described Ladido's long-standing abuse as the most heinous, atrocious, and cruel of all time. On th- March 31, 1992, Cardona was found guilty of first-degree murder as well as aggravated child abuse. She received a sentence of death based on the condition of a son's body, becoming the first woman to be sentenced to death in Florida for killing her own child. She hasn't been executed. Is she still on death row? Second trial. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I forgot. (laughs) On July 11th, 2002, Cardona's initial sentence was overturned due to a Brady violation by the prosecution's team. The prosecutor must disclose evidence or information that would prove the innocence of a defendant or would enable the defense to be more effective and impeach. Ill credible government witnesses. Evidence that would serve to reduce a defendant's sentence must also be disclosed by the prosecution. The claim is that the prosecution had failed to follow defense attorneys' access to interviews with Gonzalez Mendoza, and the Florida Supreme Court granted her second trial. So, fuck that. Florida Supreme Court didn't read all the fucking details of the autopsy. During the interviews with police, Olivia Gonzalez had confessed that she had lied to investigators, that she had hit Lasadio on the head with a baseball bat and reluctantly admitted that the blow was so hard there was a possibility it might have caused his death. So she told one story to investigators, then she told another, and then miraculously she gets a plea deal when all the weight is shifted back to cordona the mother but none of that was ever given to the defense attorneys so before the second trial Ana Maria cordona was offered a plea deal but per her words i refused i won't sign a paper that says something i didn't do i am prepared to die defending my integrity let the truth come out it's not about saving my life it's about the truth At the second trial in 2010, prosecutors focused their attention on Lazario's physical condition and the abuse he suffered at the hands of his mother, which is where we got the bulk of the autopsy. In the second trial, she stood by the defense's theory that Olivia Gonzalez-Mendoza and Gloria Pai were responsible. The defense argued that Gonzalez had given Lazario over to Pai to care for him and that he had been in the babysitter's care during the last months of his life. In her statements to police, Pi had given details about the baby's taped diaper, details that had not yet been released to the public, as well as a confession of throwing Lazario against the wall. That was what um, she was using as the in lieu of the baseball bat. Statements from their landlords that they had not seen Lazario in the apartment where the family lived, although... They had two other children supported the defensive theory, right? So the landlord was there, saw two kids, but never the third. Where the hell's the third? Oh, the third is with this other girl. However, Pi was a mentally handicapped 14-year-old girl. Let that sink in. During the trial, Pai retracted her confession and maintained that she was innocent, emphasizing that she had never cared for or even met Lazario when the defense positioned that in the days leading up to his death, Pai was the one looking after him.
0: It doesn't even matter the days leading up. He'd been abused and it was proven for years.
1: They're just trying to figure out who, who inserted that final blow. Well, even though the doctor earlier. It's not
0: going to be some random third person who I know. just came into the party picture a week ago.
1: But if you remember, according to that other doctor, which is the doctor that came in for the second trial, he said he had been dying all along. Mm-hmm. Like it was only a matter of time. Yeah. So whether this little boy was beaten at the end of the baseball bat or not, he was about to, he was going to pass away regardless. Yeah. The jury requested that the confession be reread during the deliberation for the verdict. However, the jurors discounted Pai's testimony because there was not enough evidence to suggest Salazario ever stayed in her, in her residence. State prosecutor Kathleen Paltner described the confession as a diversionary tactic used by Cardona's defense team, which clearly it was. Miami-Dade jurors again found Cardona guilty of the two counts, and in 2011, she was sentenced to death a second time. In contrast to her outrage at the verdict in the 1992 trial, Cardona appeared collected when she when she was sentenced. State Attorney Kathleen Fernandez Rundle stated, almost 20 years later, a second jury heard the evidence and has come to the same conclusion. The truth still remains the same. While reading her sentence, the judge Reminded her, you have forfeited your right to live. Lazario was tortured to death. The third trial. Why? Because you have a right to appeal, especially when you're on death row. Cardona spent 17 years on death row before her verdict was overturned by the Florida Supreme Court because the prosecution had used arguments that improperly inflamed the minds and passions of the jurors. Please. I know. The prosecution and the third trial did not seek the death penalty. In her third trial in 2017, a neighbor testified. She closed the door. It appeared that any lights were on, but the shower was going and he was screaming. She stated that Lazara was very small, very thin, very frail. However, Cardona insisted under oath that she did not inflict significant abuse on her son or break any of his bones she also continued to recant her 1990 statement that lazario fell off the bed and hit his head causing the tear in this corpus callosum. instead she blamed the entire thing on her ex-girlfriend olivia gonzalez mendoza insisting that gonzalez mendoza was the one that struck him with the baseball bat the defense said they would introduce evidence Gonzalez had confessed to hitting the boy with the baseball bat and killing him. The evidence was two former inmates of Gonzalez Mendoza while they were in custody. So how well do we trust jailhouse informants? Um, Cardona's lawyers, Steven Yemish attempted to persuade the jury that while she was indeed a bad mother, she was not necessar- necessarily a murderer he conceded that the charge of aggravated child abuse may have been proven, but that the charge of murder was not. On December 14, 2017, the jury took less than an hour to find Cardona guilty of first-degree murder and aggravated child abuse for the third time. However, this time, she was immediately sentenced to life in prison instead of a death sentence. Presiding Judge Miguel de la O, remarked, there are wild beasts that show more empathy for their offspring than what you showed Lazario. Cardona maintained her innocence after the verdict was read. She became emotional in the courtroom, raising her voice in exchange with the judge. I didn't kill my son. I didn't torture my son. Maybe you don't believe me. You don't feel my pain. Nobody could love my child more than me. (sighs) What the f-
0: but she- Mm. I know.
1: Cardona says that to her- Proving her innocence to her surviving children is more important than her freedom. Cardona had three other children, adults now, who she hopes to have a relationship with if she ever gets out of prison. Any other person, she says, would have taken the 20 years, but she wants her children to know the truth. By the way, speaking of her children. Yeah, I was going to ask how they're doing with life. Oh, yeah? Uh Uh-huh. Cardona's elder son, a 37-year-old named Juan Puente, died while in prison, Brenta was serving a 10-year sentence for burglary when he died at the Gulf Correctional Institute Annex in February 2018. While in jail in 2010, he was brought to Miami's courtroom to testify on behalf of his mother. The case followed him everywhere he went. It was like a revolving door for him. This kid had a really sweet way about him. He was easy to get to know and be friendly with, but his addiction overkilled him. He couldn't find a cure. As of March 29th, 2018, a cause of death slash manner of death cannot be found. Um, however, the other daughter... Well, hold on. So
0: they don't know how he died? Nope. But like he had
1: bad addictions? He had bad addictions, but yeah. he was in prison when he passed away.
0: I, I mean, I'm surprised that they don't know the cause of death. I'm That's sure there is, they're... but I mean,
1: I have, I have dug, like, in it to win it. Obviously, it wasn't nefarious, because obviously there would have been lawsuits, um, the only thing that I read about the other daughter uh, was that she had gone to graduate school and was attempting to become a lawyer. That's it. Wait, so she's remember she has son? she doesn't
0: have addictions and she doesn't no. Nope. Ha- How do you grow up in that house
1: and not because be she was only five when everything happens?
0: Remember, Juan was ten. It doesn't she matter. She was look five. at my last case. He his mother did all that I other understand. stuff for him, and he left when he was four.
1: Well but I remember think about it from when I was five. So I understand that. But everything for her stopped at five. So after five, she had a better life. Her siblings were away at other places. That's her true. mother was gone. That's the abuse true. that she was watching her brother endure was gone. So whomever she ended up with provided her with a better life. That's true. To better function from five mm-hmm. on, as opposed to her brother who was ten. That's a that's an excellent point. Um, Anamal- what about the missing child? How they end uh, up? Still, I don't know. Still, <laughs> still fucking missing. <laughs> missing because I tried. Ana Maria Cordova is sixty one years old is inmate number 162180 at Low Correctional Institution located in Ocala, Florida. Now it's time for my fucking outrage. In case we haven't been outraged enough? No, not at oh, all. Oh, okay. Because there's a couple things you didn't mention. So obviously the very first motherfucking outrage is neighbor slash family, right? Mm-hmm. Because all these fucking people, landlords, neighbors, friends, they were all in court. Mm-hmm. Where the fuck were they when it was happening to him? Mm-hmm. Right. So the very first thing I'm gonna say is fucking report. I don't care if you end up re- if you think you see something and you report it and it's not that. Well, guess what? You you did the right fucking thing. Yeah. DCF goes to the house to check it out. Okay. Well, now speaking of fucking DCF, she had two DCF cases open. Yes. DCF came to the house and looked at that little boy. They didn't look at the little boy because remember the little boy was never there. Where was he at all the time? In a closet, in a, in a you know, strapped to a Did bed. DCF
0: not know that she had a third child. Nope.
1: I'm I'm going with missing child. Is is just a number. I'm going. I know she had three kids.
0: Nothing. They didn't know the baby existed.
1: Nothing. What the fuck. So when I talk about DCF, there's there's a couple of ways of looking at it. Because do you want me to tell you what the starting salary is for? CPIs, which is a correctional probation a correctional um, investigator for DCF, you know what their, their starting is? I'm gonna guess not enough It's 31,000. So enough. that's 1490 hourly not enough. So you're asking for people to have a high school diploma and an associate's degree and that's all you need mm-hmm. to do this fucking job. The job of defending and advocating and being a guardian to these kids. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. If you signed up for a job with DCF, they told you that the pay is $31,000, you can't sit there and get pissed off when your pay is only $31,000. I know. Because the one thing that the government does do is fucking remind you consistently all the time, is this is how much we're going to pay you.
0: Yeah, but you get into that job and you see shit you never
1: expected to see. Like you hear okay, about that shit, okay, but then and you then, see it. But then, then you bow it. out. Yes. You don't sit there, you know, getting dumped on. Because I know that they're, they're totally overworked. I get it. Yeah. They're overworked, underpaid, overstressed. I get it. But you don't stay in a job for a paycheck when you know these are kids' lives that you're holding on to, we don't
0: know what those DCF workers were like that
1: went to that house. I no, mean, absolutely not. Maybe but I they can... did not know that there was a third. And I out. understand that, but I'm talking about in general. How yeah. many cases do you and I know where yeah. DCF could have done more? Yeah, you know what I mean. So, DCF, do your fucking job. Which goes back to the fucking government. Pay people.
0: You fucking mean paid teachers and government employees? No, no, no. Let me get on my rants. Don't take my box. I'm sorry. Because I even wrote it down verbatim. Should Renee, they- don't take my box?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> people talk so much shit about government employees and how they don't work and are overpaid. Bullshit. Show me a cop, a firefighter, a public defender, a teacher, who in the state of Florida are under the same retirement system as law enforcement. That gets paid dick. Most of these people already have second fucking jobs cuz that's who that's who I want saving me from the rest of the fucking world. I want my house to be ablaze and the firefighter to not get here because he overslept from a second fucking job. I want my public defender to not defend me in court because he's tired from the other job that he's fucking working. Uh, you get what you pay for. And if you don't pay people shit, you end up getting shit. Okay, so I'm done. I feel like there's a fucking vein in my neck that's dying to just implode all over this fucking desk. I need to breathe. And I'm not a drinker, but I swear to God, I'm ready to stop recording and go drink something. I'm about to pick up a really bad drug habit.
0: You fucked up three jurors three juries with this case too because you know the juries get oh they're never gonna be these cases
1: uh-huh. and you know they saw pictures you were fucked up just hearing me say that by the yeah. way i literally just took sentences like i didn't get into the degree into which these reports want you to. were listed in number one number two i don't have any fucking pictures like even the picture that they have of him First of all, they have no pictures of him when he was when he was alive. Number 1. Number 2, the only picture that they have of this little boy is the one that the police took when they found him in the bushes that they were showing people, does this little boy look familiar? Does and he was so emaciated and so skeletal that they couldn't even give him the proper age. They thought he was way younger than the 3 years old. Mm-hmm. So, they were just functioning on this on this little dead boy's picture mm-hmm. of a, a skeletal body and hoping someone would mm-hmm. say he's that such and such. So it's just... I it, mean, not a lot of people saw him. He was... Exactly. He was either in a closet, um, underneath a the cabinet, mm-hmm. strapped to a bed. I mean, it's just, like I said, I've been writing this case for over I a know, month. I know, because you and I talked about this case
0: uh-huh. It, it's been over two months, I'd say, uh-huh. because we talked about this before we even
1: recorded our last block. Yep. And I had to keep putting a pause on it because it was so infuriating. And, and you were asking me how to pronounce corpus callosum. It, what, it was. The fuck it is? was infuriating. It was fucking heartbreaking. Uh-huh. It was all the things. And at a certain point, it was like. Do I finish the case because I've already started it? Like, I've already put time into it? Mm-hmm. Or do I just say, fuck it, i move on to another one? And at the same time, it's like, no. Like, at the very least, I'm going to finish the case because of the shit that we talked about at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a neighbor, if you're whomever, if you see some shit, and I'm not talking about a fucking goddamn picnic, where people are playing their fucking music too loud. Like I'm not talking about that shit. I'm talking about the shit that these people witnessed. You witnessed a son getting a kid getting punched. What the? F- you I know. witnessed a kid with his diaper taped onto him. I know. Fucking say something. I'm talking about DCF workers who you knew what you were getting paid when you walked in, and if you see something that you're like, you know what, this is too much for me. Dip out. Mm-hmm. Go. Goodbye. Because you're going to end up with a dead kid in your fucking case that you could have possibly prevented. Number two. Number three, it goes to fucking government pay. You know, for everyone that talks so much shit about all they make too much, they don't do shit. Bullshit. Bull fucking shit. You know, and like I said at the end, you get what you pay for. And if you pay people shit, you're going to get shit. Mm -hmm. It is what it fucking is. So I'm not a drinker, but I feel like I need to pick up a drinking habit.
0: I think there might be some alcohol hidden, some, I don't know, because I'm not a drinker, so I don't have alcohol here. Oh, you know what? My kid found a beer the other day in the fridge outside on the porch, and it expired in 2013. And Wait, we were my only- laughing about it, and he put it back in the fridge. So if you want to have a 10-year-old beer.
1: Okay, like
0: i celebrating.
1: <laughs> Woo! <laughs> like, my only saving grace is... That shit's this? fermented as fuck. It's gonna <laughs> get fuck you yeah. drunk. <laughs> I'm never going to get any future diseases and future pandemics. I'm done with because <laughs> that's just coursing through weird. my system. <laughs> it's like, you're welcome order, to have it <laughs> in order to get through this case. I had to start working on my next case, uh-huh, I've done which that. because it is that one. Okay. It's a fucked up case. Someone does two people die in that one too, mm-hmm. but it's the bullshittery that leads up to it. That was a break from this. And I, I fucking needed that. I keep telling myself I'm gonna do a case where
0: nobody dies soon, and then I don't. And there's three cases that I started and put down
1: and had to walk away from for like, a while. I'm that so I get glad to I'm done with this case. I don't have to fucking think about this case. Oh, I, I had a question. I got to save my notes, put them up in the drawer for you so I could be fucking done with it. Like, woo! <laughs> I was so tired.
0: Why did they call him oh baby lollipop?
1: So, oh, that's what I forgot to say. So Baby Lollipops was and I probably skipped over it. Um was what he had on his shirt when they when they found him. Oh, that's awful. He had little lollipops on his shirt.
0: Don't no.
1: Well, they had nothing else to go by. I At mean, least he had a shirt. As well.
0: Isn't that fucked up that now I'm at least grateful the kid had a shirt? It's like that thing that we try to assign the stuff we understand Mm -hmm. to stuff to make it, I don't know. I know.
1: Like, it's just this whole case. Like I said, this was a
0: fucked up case. No, thank you. I'm mm -hmm. now mad at you. And, you know, sleep with one eye open. (laughs) Oh, my God. Good, good job, though. Seriously, that had to have been harder for you because you read all the shit.
1: Yes. And I've read things that I didn't even fucking put in the article. I'm sure. Like, literally I literally appreciate you not putting them in, in the In between articles. the time that you were record that, you know, you were done with yours and I started recording, mm-hmm. I told you I was like, Really? This shit would have been beneficial like three fucking weeks ago. Yeah. And I was like, like, every time, like I just ugh I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And I will say that there was um in the show notes, I do give credit where credit is due. Um, the Rolling Stone article that I listed in the show notes, by far one of the best articles. Because apparently, don't ask me how, but Cardona got a hold of a writer at Rolling Stone. And that's where a lot of her, like, she told a lot of her story. That's the only way for her story to come out was to this writer in the Rolling Stone.
0: She had her story in that big ass fucking newspaper?
1: In that, yep, in in the magazine. Magazine, that's not fair. But, and you know what else is not fair? What the fuck happened to that other fucking bitch? F- because once she was released from prison, I have googled her forwards and backwards. Nothing. I bet she probably changed her name. Wouldn't you? Um, I would dip the fuck out of Florida. Let's start with that shit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I would get. I would eat the fuck right out of here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I wouldn't fucking stay in this god for especially when your face is your name and your likeness. Is attached to this person. Yeah, she had three trials, and it had to keep coming up over and over and over again. So
0: yeah, I, i would to get the fuck me. out of here. All right, so Sue Haley, for all the people that didn't jump out of their car and are still listening, <laughs> well, if you're out of the car, you could get back in and proceed with caution. They jumped out of a moving vehicle. They cannot hear you say <laughs> that. They're on the way to the hospital. Get
1: back. <laughs> It's safe. <laughs> come back. <laughs> I want the cops to hear that as they pull up to Oh, she said it was okay to come back. <laughs> Sir, why are you out here?
0: I had nothing to do with this person jumping out of their vehicle.
1: <laughs> that was her.
0: Yeah, good luck spelling my name. The one with the porter S U H.
1: Shut up. <laughs>
0: You can find us online at fstcpod.com. That's our website, and you can click any of the links to get to our social media. On Facebook, just search for Freshly Squeezed True Crime. On Twitter, we're FS True Crime. And on Instagram and TikTok, you can find us at fstcpod. And may the f- juice be with you.